Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free. Greetings, urban farmers, gardeners, and healthy food visionaries. Farmer Greg here, and welcome to the 662nd episode of the Urban Farm Podcast, where every day we work together to educate and inspire you to become part of your food revolution. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Greg Peterson coming to you from the Urban Farm in the heart of Phoenix, Arizona. I can't say that for much longer because the word is out. Heidi and I actually bought a farm in Asheville, North Carolina. So we're really excited about that. Very and excited for you, but thanks. sad that you're not going to be just a couple miles from me anymore. Right? No, well, thank you. I appreciate that. So we are here. Sorry, I got a little d- distracted because this whole process of moving, I've lived in Phoenix for 54 years, is a little bit distracting. So welcome, welcome, everybody. I am here with Kari Spencer, Kari is the founder of the Microfarm Project in here in Phoenix, Arizona, a really cool project. We met, I guess, about, what, 15 years ago now, Kari? Actually, we met when you harvested peaches from one of my community orchards here in the early 2000s. It was before that, I think, even. It was, um, well, it was Root, when Root was... Yeah, that was 2012, so... Was it before that? Yeah. I don't know. I'm really no. bad with time. That's okay. So Kari is the founder of the Microfarm Project and author of two amazing books, a new one, Vegetable Gardening Journal and Logbook, which uh, just came out, what, last month or something like that? Yeah, it came out. Well, it came out in December. Yeah. All right. Almost last month. And City uh, City Farming. And you can find information about both her books at cityfarmingbook.com. So tonight, we are going to get a head start on your spring gardens by starting your seeds indoors in trays. We're going to talk about germination, temps, timing, nutrition, and other things that you need to know to get started with starting seeds indoors. So welcome, Kari. (laughs) Thank you. It's a pleasure. You You bet. Where would we even start? So I'm sitting here. I've got some seeds. What else do I need in order to start seeds indoors? Well, you need some sort of container to start them in. Mm-hmm. You know, there are seed starting trays that you can buy. I like to kind of save containers if I 
buy something and then mm. plant it. I save the little containers. You mean like a six pack container? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Some people use ice cream tubs, you know, <laughs> just anything, mm. anything. They all egg cartons. Egg cartons. Yeah. That would be really simple, an egg carton. If you used a cardboard one, when the plant's ready, you just separate out the cardboard cell that it's in and plant it, right? Theoretically, yes. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, I've never done it. Trisha so, says toilet paper rolls. Yes, that's a, that's a good one. People make pots out of newspaper. There's just a lot of ways that you can do it. But the main thing that I would caution is that you want to make sure that it's sterile. You know, so toilet paper rolls, great. That's paper. You know, they mm. don't collect germs. Mm -hmm. Same thing with making them out of newspaper or buying fresh seed starting trays. If you're reusing something, you might want to dip it in a 10% bleach solution or spray it with, with vinegar solution, something to just get it really clean before you put your soil in it. Seeds in it, soil in it. Why is that important? Well, because little tiny seedlings are very susceptible to damping off. Mm -hmm. Right. And there's there's a, a number, a handful of fungi that can cause this problem. And, and if anybody's ever grown seedlings and the seedlings pop up and they look great and then all of a sudden they just seem to melt away. <laughs> that's I've damping that off. I've had that happen. Yes, it happens to everybody who has mm -hmm. ever grown from seeds. So it's mm -hmm. not, it's not a traumatic event, but it, you know, it you it, you have to replant then, I guess, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not ideal. So you can help to prevent that by starting with very clean containers. Okay. Another thing that you can do to prevent damping off is when you are filling your containers with soil, you mm -hmm. can start with a sterile seed starting mix right out of the bag. Because uh, that's already sterile. Yes. Okay. And we're not talking potting soil. We're talking seed starting mix. And you want to use it fairly quickly because once you open the bag, mm -hmm. guess what starts to collect? Uh, Fungal spores. Yeah. <laughs> They're everywhere. right? So <laughs> yeah, you have to you have to use it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people want to use reuse a potting soil or their compost, mm -hmm. and you can do that. But I would recommend that you pour some boiling water over it to oh, interesting. Uh, kill the stuff. And then as soon as it cools, use it. Okay. You know, or you could, I your, guess you could. You could put it in an oven as well. You can put it in the oven at 200 mm -hmm. degrees to mm -hmm. heat it to 180. For about 30 minutes, you don't want it to go higher than that. Mm -hmm. you know, 180 is is about right. But then once that cools, you got to use it right away, which means you put it in your sterile trays, you plant the seeds. Mm -hmm. Because you want to get those seeds to start growing before that fungus can start to collect and grow again in the uh. soil. Right? So. so this is sounding a little bit daunting. It's not really, is it? It is not. It's very, very easy. You just follow the steps. Okay. You have everything ready beforehand. Mm -hmm. And then when you're ready to do it, you just put it all together in a day. You know, it doesn't take long. 
The only thing that is a little bit challenging that's different from planting in directly into the garden mm-hmm. is that you it's a little bit more management. You have to baby yeah. them a little bit more than seeds that you direct sow. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you're willing to do that, you can start your own transplants very inexpensively, not have to buy them year after year. Yeah. Well, because for a packet of seeds, we're just talking packets of seeds. For a packet of seeds, call it $4. For one or two transplants, you could easily spend $4. Sure. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I try to direct sow everything I can. Right. But there are just some things that take too long out in the garden. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or they need really specific temperatures like tomatoes. Right. Right. So... Yeah, tomatoes are one that here where we live, it has to be started indoors, you know, if you're starting them from seed. Right. I've had some good luck this year with volunteer tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And that really... does happen. Yeah. <laughs> and those seem, you know, the volunteers seem to be a lot stronger than anything I've ever grown from seed. Sure. And that's just, that's normal, right? They just came up of their own volition. They fought the good fight and they made it. Right. So, right. Exactly. All right. Yeah. So, clean containers to plant in, clean soil. And actually, it's not soil, is it? It's, so, it's usually a soilless medium. Yeah. Or it has some sterile soil, but it has maybe some perlite, vermiculite, maybe some peat moss, mm-hmm. cocoa you know, peat. Yeah, cocoa peat, other things that that fungus and also fungus gnats aren't as fond of. Mm. <laughs> got it. All right, great. So we've got our got our soil contain sterile container. Hello, and we've got our sterile soil, and we put it in the tray. Then what happens? Well, first things first. When you put it in the tray, mm-hmm. make sure that you push it down a little bit. The Not soil. really. Yeah, the soil. Mm-hmm. Pack it down. Don't pack it down really hard. You don't want to scrunch it up, mm-hmm. but you do want to make sure it's firm and level almost to the top of the tray. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is when you start watering, it's going to start mm-hmm. sinking down a bit. Mm-hmm. And you want a lot of ventilation around those seedlings. So, as close mm-hmm. to the top as they can be, the more airflow. All right. Okay. There will be. That's another thing that will help your seedlings to grow without damping off. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> right? get them in a well-ventilated area. And yeah, put them in a well-ventilated area. A lot of growers who grow in greenhouse situations, that can be mm-hmm. tricky, you know, but you got to have some airflow for those little little seedlings. Yeah. Yeah. And really pay attention to the corners because the corners of the little cells sometimes will sink. And then when you water, your seeds float down into those corners, right? right? So then your seedlings are in the side of the little squares. (laughs) All right. So now we've got our seeds planted and it says sprouting temp or germination temperatures. What are we talking about there? Well, different varieties all have their temperatures that they like before they will sprout and grow. Mm -hmm. And typically that's around 78 degrees. But for whatever it is that you're growing, mm-hmm. you need to make sure that you've got the right temperature. 78, though, is usually pretty good. And it's not that you will keep 
the room exactly at 78 all the time, but just try to keep it within that range. Mm -hmm. And make sure that it's not too cold because, well, there are some many seeds that will sprout in cooler temperatures, but guess what also likes those cool temperatures? The damping fungus. off fungus? Uh. Yes. <laughs> it keeps coming back to that, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if it's cool and the soil is moist, mm, fungus loves that. There are some that like the warmer temperatures as well, but you have to have the warmer temperatures mm -hmm. to sprout a lot of seeds. Well, and I've seen seed mats that you can actually buy and put underneath the plants that radiate some warmth to get them started. Yes, and that's a really good idea if you're planning on doing seed starts on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it will help to keep things in an even warm temperature. Mm. So you put your you put your trays right on. It's like a heating pad, only it won't get as hot as a heating pad that you put on your body. Right. So yeah, that's a good idea to do. Great. So keep them around 78 degrees or so. One of the things that I've run into in the past is seeds that have a hard shell on them. Mm -hmm. And it takes a lot of something to get through that hard shell. And what I learned about many decades ago was something called scarifying a seed. Mm -hmm. You basically have to break through that hard shell to get it going. And beans can be a little bit problematic like that. Do, mm -hmm. What do we do about that? Well, with beans, soaking them overnight helps. There are some seeds that like to be like scratched with sandpaper or on a, oh, right. on a, on cement or something hard surface. Moringa seeds are, they need to be scarified like that. Or yeah, those are, yeah, those are really, really hard seeds. Yeah. But beans, yeah, just soak them, oh, give them a good soak. Perfect. Yeah. So any of the larger, harder beans, seeds, you just stick them in a jar for what, 24, 36 hours. And yeah. 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 In fact, I do that with, with most seeds. Oh. They just, they seem to start faster because seeds sprout once that little seed has absorbed as much water as it can. Uh, and then it psh, sprouts. Yeah. Okay. Right. So if you soak them in some water, you give them a little head start there, but don't leave them too long or you'll just have them sprouting in the jar. Right. All right, great. So now we've got seeds planted and they're sprouting. We've got the right temperature. What about light? We'll talk about light and then nutrients. So let's talk about light first. What do we do about that? Because there's this thing that happens with plants as they go searching for the light. And when they're not, you know, when they're really having to reach far for the light, it's called etoilation. That's back from my botany days at Arizona State University. So what do we do about light? Well, if you notice that your plants are getting long and leggy and have very few leaves, mm -hmm. you know, that's what you're talking about. Yeah, right? you, know you know, they need more light, but yeah. to start with, if you can put them on in a South facing window mm -hmm. or an East facing window, mm. that's great. Cause that will help. If you don't have that situation and you got to put them on the West, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Or, North or, is not super great. Right. Or you can get some seed lights, some seed lamps, yes. right? You can yeah. get some seed lamps. Now, 
unless you are a professional grower getting expensive lamps, they're not going to do the job 100%. Ah, right. You need, you need to have some other light bouncing around in there. And one of the things that I like to do to get more light is to put my seedlings in the window, but then put some tin foil or some mylar behind them to reflect it so that so that they've got it coming from both directions through the window and then back at them from the shiny surface you can use mirrors as well but yeah just something to get that light that's brilliant love that it helps yeah (laughs) all right cool so now we got plants and we're starting to prep them because they've grown enough we're starting to prep them to get them outside Oh, actually, you know what we need to talk about first is nutrition, mm-hmm. nutrition. So Laura says, is it okay to mix some compost in with a seed starting mix if I oven sterilize the compost first? Some of my seeds will be in the indoor pots for 10 weeks. That's a long time without nutrients. So the seed itself has nutrients in it, but it's, mm-hmm. at some point it runs out. So what do we do about nutrifying the plants? Yeah, this is a great thing to talk about. If you want to make sure that your plants have enough nutrient, like you said, Greg, they don't need it right away because the seed provides it. But once they start getting their true leaves, Mm -hmm. that's when you need to start giving them very, very gentle nutrition. All right. Don't start before that because, again, you're just inviting fungus. (laughs) Oh, right. Right. But the bigger the seedlings get, the less susceptible they'll be to that fungus. But they're still babies. They don't need, you know, they need baby food. So, you know, just don't give them a real strong dose of fertilizer. Just just a little bit. Yeah. Just start watering them. Watch them. If they are real pale, they might need a little more nutrient. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they're they are small, so they don't need a lot. Got it. And Janice, for those of you that are listening live tonight, Janice will be doing a presentation on nutrition and seed starting for our Seed Up Saturday event that's coming up a week from Saturday. And you can find out about that at seedupsaturday.com. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So now we've got some plants and they're not leggy and they've got enough light and they're nutritious, you know, been nutrified. And their roots have filled up the pot, the space so that you can actually pop them out and get them planted. What happens next? Well, I like that you mentioned that you can pop them out. Okay. If you if mm. you think they're ready and you turn, you know, you turn over your container and the soil just starts to fall apart, they're not ready. Ah, very good, right? Right. So just make sure there's enough root there to hold that root ball together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to get them ready to plant outside, well, a lot of this depends on the time of year, the situation that you're in. But in general, you want to do what's called hardening off. Mm-hmm. And that's just a process by which you get them acclimated to your outdoor garden. Okay. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times, plants will get really stressed going from where you have been babying them inside at 78 degrees. And then you take them outside and it, the temperature could be 20 degrees different. 
you know, and they'll be subject to rain. They've never had that before. They'll be subject to wind. They'll be subject to so many things that they haven't had to deal with before. So to get them ready for that, all you need to do is take those seed trays Mm -hmm. outside and leave them outside for a few hours and then bring them inside Mm -hmm. and do that for a couple days so that they can begin to acclimate slowly. Got it. So you do that for a few days in a row until they start Mm -hmm. standing up for themselves. That's right. Some people will do it for a, a week or even more. Mm-hmm. They'll be they'll do that. Or but what I like to do is I'll take them out like that for a couple of days, and then I'll just take them out to where I want to plant them and leave them out there for a day or two. Ah, very good. And then I transplant them. Transplanting is really stressful to plants. Right. Yeah. Right. That's so why I, I don't want to shock them by taking them straight outside and putting them right in the hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, give them a little chance to. Well, that's why I like the cardboard uh, and newspaper idea, because you can literally take that. You don't have to take them out of the pot that they've been living in. You take the whole thing and you put it in the ground and it disintegrates and it keeps growing. That's right. One thing I would recommend, though, is that if you're going to start them in a plantable pot, that you cut the bottom off. Ah. Because they don't disintegrate as fast as you might think. Oh, got it. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to make sure the roots can I guess, can get especially out. if it's cardboard. Yeah. And peat pots, depending on the alkalinity of your soil, we have, you know, our soil is not acidic. Right. And so those peat pots don't break down like they might uh, somewhere where, you know, those are those more acid. Those are the ones that kind of look like cardboard. Yeah. You can get it. They come from the nursery and they look like cardboard. Well, it's better mm-hmm. than plastic. That's for sure. It sure is. And I just cut the bottom off mm-hmm. and I don't throw the bottom away. Just compost it or plant it next to the plant because <laughs> it's good for the soil. It doesn't hurt right. anything. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. So what's next? Well, the plants you in the want, ground. then you just watch them. You know, if they look like they're really struggling, you might want to maybe give them some cover, especially mm-hmm. if, you know, if it's a warm season plant and a frost is predicted, a late frost. Mm-hmm. You know, or vice versa, if it's a cool season plant and suddenly you got this hot spell and your seedlings are, you know, your little babies are out there, just give them a little protection from those elements and start watering them like you water any other plant. You want to water as deeply as you think the root has grown. Yeah. And usually the root is about the same length as the top of the plant is, mm-hmm. is you know, not a hundred percent, but it's a good judge since you can't see the roots once you right. plant them. Right. Wow. Cool. All right. Anything else before we start jumping into questions? Yes. One thing that I prefer to do when I'm watering is when I'm starting the seeds is water them from the bottom instead of... Oh. If I can't do it, I'll spray them with a mister, with a bottle, you know. This way we're not washing the seeds away. Right. But if I water, if you can put them in a tray with some water, let them absorb as much water as they can, and then take them out, let them drain and dry out a little bit. Mm -hmm. That will help to keep your seeds from washing away. And what else does it do? (laughs) It It cuts down on damping off. Yes. (laughs) So Andrew has a question. He says, please explain more about damping off for us newbies. Thank you for that question, Andrew. 
okay, well, there's, there's fungus like Phytophthora. There's, there's about four of them mm-hmm. that will attack seedlings. They will also attack full-grown plants, mm-hmm. but full-grown plants have more defenses. Oh, right. Of course. Right. And also out in a garden situation, there are competing elements. There are, you know, good, if you will, funguses, mm-hmm. fungi that will compete with the pathogenic ones. Oh, right. right. But it, you don't have that in the seed tray. <laughs> you know, if a pathogen takes hold, it just grows. Yeah. 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 So if you're really interested and you want to know what those four are, I can't remember ever off the top of my head what they're all called. But if you Google it, you know, damping off fungus, Pathogens, yeah. I'm sure you you'll find lots of information about them. Cool. MJ wants to know, do you want seedlings in the shade when hardening them off? Well, yeah, sure. You can start them off in some shade. That helps them to get used to wind and temperature, Mm -hmm. but they're not right in the sun, which is particularly important for us here in Phoenix, because, you know, you take them from your Green Dean porch. Do we have, do we have those here? I don't know. And you put them out in the sun Uh (laughs) and that would, you know, yeah, that's tough. Right. All right. Cindy says, I have some lavender and cilantro that's self-seeded outside. I need to move them. Should I dig them up and pot them first or move them directly to their new location? Well, if you have the new location ready, just go ahead and move them. Might as well. Yeah, Yeah. just put them right, move them. And and when you're doing that, the bigger the scoop, the better. You know, if you can get a two gallon size pot worth of soil up with everything and move it, that's it's going to do better. Yes. Serenity Smile says... What do you think about using 100% worm or other compost? And also, can you please repeat about how to sterilize soil? Okay. You can use that. There tends to be a lot of nitrogen nutrient Mm. in worm castings. Mm -hmm, There is. And that can burn your little seedlings. Mm -hmm. And also fungus likes to eat it. (laughs) So I, I I wouldn't use that. But you can use some compost or you can reuse some potting soil or reuse some seed starting mix from the previous year. To sterilize it, you can pour boiling water on it and stir it Mm -hmm. up. Mm -hmm. Or you can put it in the oven, set the oven to 200, put your soil in there with, if if you have a a thermometer, that's best, Mm -hmm. you know, an oven thermometer, stick it in there and heat to 180 for about 30 minutes. Now, one thing I will tell you is you want to make sure that soil is wet. Make sure it's it's damp. Don't put it in there just dry. Uh-huh. Right. And secondly, you will smell it. So if you have an oven safe container with a lid, oh, there's <laughs> do a that. good hint. Yeah, there's yeah. a good yeah. All right, cool. Serenity also wants to know can you reuse cocoa core or seed starting soil? And is peat moss okay? Yeah, as long as you sterilize it, right? Yeah, all right, cool. Any tips about how to protect seedlings from cutworms and voles? Uh, oh, gosh. Right. Yeah, once you put them out in the garden, you know, cutworms, you can try and use some row covers. Voles, unless you have put welded wire under the ground all the right. way around your garden. Yep. They're going to get, they're going to get in there. I I have never come up with a really great answer for that question. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. 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 Cutworms. Cutworms and voles are hard. They are. They are. Plant a lot. That's all I can say. That way they right. some will survive. <laughs> yeah. And I don't want to be flippant about that. I know it's a real problem for people, but really, right. If that is your pro if that is a problem, then get creative. Yeah, get yeah, creative, you to, plant, you know, yeah. To experiment away. Mm-hmm. All right. Any last thoughts? Last thoughts. Well, I'd like to say one thing that I really like about starting seeds. Please. Is that I can do some succession planting with my seeds indoors. So I'll start some. And then when those are planted, start the next batch. And then when the first batch is done, plant out the next ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're you're getting, this works really well with greens, lettuces, that kind of stuff that you you planted and then like three weeks later you plant again and three weeks later you plant again so that uh-huh. you yeah yeah and another thing that works is to make your transplants put them in the ground and when you plant them plant a seed in between oh, the transplants that's brilliant it's one step and you have two harvests right wow so. that's cool Andrew wants to know, will seeds taken from fresh produce like tomatoes have problems if planted without cleaning them of the food residue on the seeds? Mine have sprouted well, but will there be problems with them later on? If they sprouted, you're okay. Yeah. Yeah. A little food residue. I don't find that to be a problem. If Mm. you're storing your seeds for any length of time, that residue really needs to be really, really dry before you you put them away. But other than that, I don't worry. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Tomatoes, they're super simple to save. You scoop out the tomato seeds and put them in a glass for two or three days. And you get a little bit of white mold on the top and, you know, swoosh around some water in there. And then do it's called water winnowing, where you pour off the water until all the gunk is gone and then let them dry out. And so that's what I do with tomato seeds. And it works really well. It's called the wet method of saving seeds. Yeah. And that little bit of fermentation that they get from a couple of days in the water helps them to sprout when you're ready for them to do that. Yeah. Carrie says, Carrie's on our calls a lot. Carrie says, so a seed in between transplants. Genius. Thanks. <laughs> I didn't come up with it. I got that from someone else. So. There you go. <laughs> All the best ideas come from paying attention. Serenity Smile says, when you mention planting seeds between transplants, are you talking about the same variety or something different? Good question. What do you want? <laughs> do you yeah. want the same variety or do you right. want something else? Either way well, works. Well, I wouldn't, I don't know that I would plant squash and lettuce together, but... <laughs> Unless you're, you know, unless you're going to a food forest. Or unless it's the very end of the season and you, your, your lettuce has grown, you know, and then you can plant squash between and harvest off the last of that lettuce. You know, there's just, there's so many ways to do this. It's right. It's really fun. And you have to experiment. And Tris asked this question and you just have to figure it out, Tris. The question is, what's the best way to transplant seedlings? I can get them started indoors, but when I transplant, they end up dying. And I mean, it could be so many things that they die from, right, Kari? Yeah, it really could. It could be that they don't have enough root mass Mm -hmm. when you transplant them. Mm -hmm. It could be that they're just getting shocked by the change in venue. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it could, yeah, it could be, could be a lot of, a lot of different factors. Yeah. I wish I had a better answer for that. <laughs> well, it, again, you just have to experiment, mm -hmm. just have to experiment. All right. Well, I threw it to you a minute ago. Any last thoughts? And you had a great one. Any last, last thoughts? Any last, last thoughts? I can always think of one more thing, <laughs> you know, because I can talk about this forever. But yeah. like we just said, you got to just keep trying, keep experimenting, keep doing it. Yeah. A lot of people struggle with making their transplants at first, you know, and so do we here at the urban farm and I've been growing for 45 years. Yeah, I still have problems that come up with them. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it is, but it's still, to me, it's still worth doing. Absolutely. And observation is a big piece of it. Mm -hmm. Pay attention, pay attention. Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight, Kari. I appreciate having you on our monthly seed chat. It was fun. And Greg, I want to make sure that everybody knows that at Seed Up Saturday, yep. we'll be giving a more a, and, a presentation on this yes. with pictures and all that stuff. Yeah. So well, and this is this is seed nutrition, is what that that's about, right? But we are doing 15 minutes, I think, aren't we, on Seed Up Saturday? Oh, on, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, very good. All right, cool. We are. So if you go to Seed Up Saturday, Saturday seedupsaturday.com. And if you're listening to the recording, go to seedupsaturday.com anyways, because you you'll get the recording that way. Also, I put a link in the chat box for our support us page. We've really decided to ask for your support. We have been doing this for decades online and we do it for free, these kinds of things for free. And so uh, if you would like to help us throw a little bit of uh, joy our way, take one of our courses, you can go to urbanfarm.org forward slash support us, which is uh, the same link as I put in the chat box. So thank you very much, Kari. We always appreciate having you. And Donna says lots of great ideas and solutions. Kari, thank you. Thank you, Greg. We really appreciate these chats. My um, pleasure being here. And yes, Rita, the presentations on Seed Up Saturday will be replayed. So sign up for it and you'll get the replay for it. All right. Cool. Thank you very much, Kari, and we'll chat later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, everybody, for being here. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Urban Farm Podcast. Remember to listen for tips, advice, and resources to help you on your journey with urban farming. You can find us on the web at urbanfarm.org or send us an email to podcast at urbanfarm.org. In the words of Vincent Van Gogh, great things are done by a series of small things brought together. Be encouraged that with each lesson learned and skill developed, you are one step closer in the direction of your dreams. Hey, Urban Farm Podcast listeners. If you're as passionate about preserving the bounty of each season as we are, hey, I canned my first peaches at the age of 18, and that was a long time ago, then you're going to love what our friends over at Denali Canning have in store for you. They're on a mission to spread the love and knowledge of food preservation, and they're inviting you to join the journey for free. Right now, Denali Canning is offering free canning lids to anyone who wants to dive deeper into the world of food preservation. Yes, you heard that right, absolutely free. It's the perfect opportunity for both seasoned canners and those curious about starting. Denali is about quality, reliability, and supporting the canning community, ensuring that you get the best results every time you preserve. So why not give it a try? 
Visit DenaliCanning.com forward slash free to claim your free lids and start your preserving adventures today. That's DenaliCanning.com forward slash free.